Welcome back to another exciting chapter in the adventures of Sparky and Spazoid. It's Riley again to remind you of what happened last time. Our heroes have finally met the tonsil terrors, though they haven't gotten a very good look at them. What with the way the evil aliens are bouncing off Sparazoid's bumper? See, that's the thing about the big cranky robot. He can turn into different vehicles, including a sci-fi all-terrain hot rod that doesn't slow down for nothing. Especially evil face-hugging monsters. He just drives through them while raining destruction from above with rockets. Speaking of rockets, Spazoid won his race with the ones that he fired at the temple in front of the giant alien machine. He drove right through the building while it was falling down. Unfortunately, this was upsetting to the goat's four stomachs. Did you know goats have four stomachs? Crazy, right? Anyway, enjoy the next chapter. Chapter 8, Inside the Machine. It takes a while for a building to stop rumbling after it falls. Sparky and Spazoid didn't wait for that to happen. They were moving before the dust settled. That was partially to get away from the pile of goat vomit. Spaz had the cockpit open, and his hand searched around, trying to grab the animal. Sparky, despite the potential peril in the alien machine, had opted not to ride with a sick goat. He ran ahead with his pulse pistol out. The goat, understanding the danger they were in, refused to get down. He could hear the tonsil terrors in the distance. Just close the hatch. I'll be fine. I promise I won't do it again, he said between dry heaves. If you can't control your biological functions, you don't get a free ride, Spaz called. He looked at Sparky. You want to help me out with this? What do you want me to do? Sparky asked. He'd slowed down trying to get his bearings. The insides of the alien machine made no sense. He saw no passages, just one long unending wall. But like the goat, he could hear the distant sounds. The wall was so large, they couldn't tell it was curved. It climbed up into a vast unending space above them. Floating far away, near the top, were pinpoints of strange light. Get him out of me! Shoot him if you have to! Spazoid said. I thought you didn't want me to do that anymore? Sparky checked his gun to see if it was on stun. He preferred to keep it on a higher setting, what with the shrill voices of tonsil terrors in the distance. They sounded like they were above them in the wall. That was before he puked on my head! Spaz's hand was still blindly digging around the cockpit. The goat had proven to be slippery. I said I was sorry! Please don't make me get out! The goat ducked under the chair again, feeling the robot's hand pinch his tail. Knock it off! This place is too weird for me to have to deal with robot-slash-goat relations. Sparky put his hand on the massive, unending wall. It hummed with energy, and he felt dizzy, like everything around him was shifting. His feet slipped forward, drawn towards the wall like a magnet. Whoa. He said as he put his other hand out to hold himself steady. He closed his eyes and shook his head, trying to clear the weird feeling. When he opened them again, the wall had become the floor. Nothing had changed except for his perception. The room hadn't moved, but he was convinced that this long, solid wall was now the bottom of the vast space. Weird, right? He looked back at Spazoid and the goat. They hadn't moved, but they appeared to be standing sideways as if it were perfectly normal. Sparky shook his head again, taking his hands away, hoping it would correct itself and make the wall become the floor again. It didn't work. He fell face first instead. To Spazoid and the goat, it looked like the boy explorer had purposely slammed himself into the wall. The goat, by the way, was out of the cockpit. Spazoid had finally caught him. The animal now dangled in the air by his tail, squeezed between two of Spazoid's metal fingers. You all right? Spaz asked his partner. Sparky started to get up. He looked ahead, out into the vast distance in front of him. 
at those strange lights far away. You have to try this, he said as he walked further up what appeared to be a wall to the others, but only looked like a floor to him. Face planting? Spazoid asked. I'd rather not, the goat said. He strained to look up as he hung from his tail. I think it's some sort of artificial gravity. Come on! Sparky waved his arm and walked out into the darkness. He was going up and further away from his companions. I wouldn't, the goat warned. You wouldn't do anything, chicken goat. Spazoid tossed the animal gently towards Sparky. The goat landed on his feet, stuck to the wall. He expected to fall, so his hooves scurried for a moment. Then he stopped, trying not to panic. He looked around, seeing that up and down had changed. It was upsetting. Would you look at that, Spaz said. He was tempted to grab the animal and try throwing him again to see if it would work a second time. The goat still struggled to get his bearings. The dizziness hadn't passed yet, so his stomach returned to emptying itself. See, I knew you weren't done yet, Spazoid said, going to the wall. He brought his hand up, hesitating only a little before touching it. Sparky didn't wait for his robot companion. He'd already started exploring. He had a small light on his flight suit that he shone in front of him, but it did very little to penetrate the darkness. Do you still have a location on the thrusters? He called behind him. They're in here somewhere, Spazoid answered as he got up on the wall slash floor. But it's hard to get a direction. This place is creating havoc for my sensors. Let me shed some light on the subject. Spaz's eyes had been glowing softly the whole time, but these weren't the only lights he had. Floodlights popped up out of his shoulders. They turned on with a blindingly intense glare. Unfortunately, that was the moment Sparky glanced back at his partner. Dude! He started to complain. He was still walking and looking over his shoulder, which was a bad idea. He couldn't see that the wall he was on was covered in holes. Dude was all he managed to get out before one of those openings interrupted him. The hole didn't say anything, of course. It was just there. But that was enough. Sparky's comment was cut short by a sudden fall. One moment he was awash in the glow from his friend, and the next he was gone. Luckily, this fall wasn't nearly as far as the one from the floating mountain. But it was still far enough to hurt. Ow. He called from the bottom. Spazoid rushed forward. He dropped down onto his belly, with the light shining onto his partner. Sparky, lying on his back, was still squinting. I was saying, dude, point those somewhere else. He moaned as he finished his thought, covered his eyes with his arm. Sorry, sorry. Spaz dimmed the lights to a soft glow. He watched Sparky get to his feet. The hole was deep. It'd be enough to kill most people. Luckily, Sparky was a pretty tough kid. He was also wearing his helmet. Sparky's eyes cleared. He looked around. Do you guys hear that? Hear what? Spazoid asked as he examined the hole. It was too tight for him to climb down into. Spazoid lay on the ground, trying to reach his friend, stretching his arm out. It slowly extended as he made it longer, moving parts from other places on his body and linking them like a chain. It'd be a few seconds before he could reach Sparky. Unfortunately, time ran out. The bottom of the hole was in the middle of a tunnel. Sparky heard many small things approaching from one side. I don't think I can hang out here. He called while starting away from the sound. Spazoid watched from above. Wait a minute, I'm almost there. Hey, where are you going? Away from those things. Sparky pointed at a crowd of tonsil terrors coming towards him. There were so many that they choked the tunnel, moving as one black mass. Get your pistol, Spaz called, pointing with a long finger. Sparky's hand went to his holster, realizing it was empty. He'd had his pistol drawn when he fell. He saw it laying on the floor, not far from where he hit the ground. The swarm of tonsil terrors were about to bury the weapon. When he darted back to grab it, the swarm was happy to bury him as well. He looked up at the black mass, seeing evil eyes and open mouths. Then from above, the thunder cannon roared into the hole and blasted down on the creatures. A wave of sound pushed them back while Sparky got up and ran. Unfortunately, the hole Sparky fell in wasn't the only one. 
The inside of the machine turned out to be a bit like Swiss cheese, if Swiss cheese were made from a weird alien material instead of a dairy product. The tonsil terrors flooded out, surrounding Spazoid and the goat. You silly sod, we need to get out of here, the goat yelled. He didn't ask permission before jumping onto Spazoid's back, then into the open cockpit. Close it, close it, he screamed. Spazoid got to his feet as the tonsil terrors swarmed over him. They were coming quickly, chasing the goat. Here's something you may not know about goats. They have tonsils. This made him very popular with the tonsil terrors. Spazoid saw this. For a moment, he thought about grabbing the goat and throwing him as far away as possible as a distraction. He shook his head, knowing that would be wrong. Instead, he closed the canopy, warning, Don't you dare throw up in there, goat! He opened up his Gatling gun, spraying those gel bullets around him. He fired the thunder cannon as well, but it didn't matter. The creatures kept coming. Spazoid was shielded for deep space travel. That was a good thing, because the tonsil terrors attempted to sting him with bioelectric shocks. Each one of these monsters were like tiny stun guns. The pulses hurt, but Spaz wasn't worried about that. The sheer weight of the tonsil terrors overwhelmed him. There were so many pouring over him that they were going to knock him over. He took his ridiculously long arm out of the hole and swung it around, using it like a whip, trying to clear a path. Then he dropped down into his automobile mode. Several tonsil terrors were squeezed under his tires during the change. He floored the accelerator and fired his last thruster at the same time, sending the monsters flying behind him while bashing his way through the swarm. Where are we going? the goat asked. He watched the creatures bounce off the front of Spaz. No idea, Spaz said as he thought about Sparky. He hated leaving his partner behind. I told you not to come in here, the goat climbed back under the seat. You can get out any time you want, Spaz shot back. He didn't know how they were going to escape. Sparky was usually the idea guy, but at that moment, Sparky was too busy running to think. Luckily for him, Spazoid's cannon blasts had given him a head start. The creatures were no longer directly behind him. He didn't slow down, though, not until he could just barely hear the fight. As the name implied, the thunder cannon made a lot of noise. It was blasting away in the distance. Sparky had every intention of making it back to his friend, but for the time being, he knew he was safer to head in the opposite direction. The tunnel he was in split off several times, and its orientation changed more than once. In other words, up became down, and sideways became the other sideways, and Sparky spent a lot of time dizzy. It wasn't a big deal, because the walls were round, making it feel like he was circling a drain. He couldn't hear the thunder cannon or the screeching anymore, so he assumed he was alone. He wasn't. Something came out into the tunnel in front of him. Most tonsil terrors hunted in packs, or swarms. It was their best chance of taking down large prey. But that didn't mean they always stuck together. They were incredibly dumb, as earlier stated. So like our hero, they often got lost. A single tonsil terror had wandered out in front of Sparky. It was the first time he'd seen one up close. Much like when he first saw the goat, he found this creature's appearance confusing. See, tonsil terrors weren't scary looking, at least not from a distance. In fact, some people, if they were half blind, might consider them cute. They were furry and had long ears. When you first looked at them, it would have been easy to mistake them for a bunny rabbit. They weren't rabbits, though. The resemblance was only on the surface. When you looked closer, you could see that these creatures with their big eyes and long, wormy limbs weren't even mammals. They laid eggs, as you know. In fact, they were closer to insects with no bones in their body and pinchers hidden under their furry mouths. Some scholars would later wonder, after reading Sparky's mission report, if Earth had once narrowly escaped a tonsil terror invasion. They put the theory out that the creatures may have been responsible for the legend of the Easter Bunny. This, of course, was insane. The Easter Bunny, a rabbit that laid eggs, was created by Germans. 
Germans are an odd people with bizarre stories that need no explanation. Back to the alien egg layer. It looked at Sparky and was confused. See, tonsil terrors could sense tonsils, and Sparky had none. The alien recognized Sparky as a humanoid boy, which was a tonsil terror's favorite type of incubator. Yet according to this creature's tonsil sense, there were no tonsils present. Sparky's confusion cleared as he realized, despite all appearances, this wasn't a bunny. What helped to make up his mind was when the creature let out a shrill scream and launched itself at his face, wrapping its ears around his head. Even though it couldn't sense tonsils, the little monster had decided to try implanting Sparky anyway. It was not pleasant for him. So we're moving right along with the story. Believe it or not, next week we'll almost be at the halfway point. The book has an odd number of chapters, so Midway will be somewhere around the center of that episode, which is titled, Portal Opens a Door with a Rocket. If you're wondering why I took a half second to make a joke about Germans in this last chapter, then let me explain. My wife was born and raised in Germany, and since she and my girls are my first audience, my goal is always to make them laugh. And even she'll admit German stories are strange. I know it's past Christmas, but if you go back to Bluey's Holiday Shoes, one of the ill-advised stories, last year's Christmas story, you'll see what I mean. It was inspired by my in-laws, and I had them guest star for it too. Many of the fairy tales that you've probably heard came from Germany. Hansel and Gretel, Sleeping Beauty, Snow White, and Rapunzel are all German, though some are much more frightening in their original form. Anyway, here comes the pitch. If you want to buy the book, The Adventures of Sparky and Spazoid, and read along, you can find it on Amazon. It's got a bunch of illustrations in it to check out. If you want more Sparky and Spazoid, I've been drawing a weekly comic strip on Webtoons. You can find it on my social media sites too, but I'm a little less organized about putting those up. As always, the music was provided by Kevin McLeod. Thanks for listening.